time. Hallelujah. Amen. 10,000 praises. Hallelujah. 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 Could you put your hands together for Jesus Christ? Isn't he lovely? Amen. He, he deserves that glory, friends. Amen. Let's sing the song together, above all. Amen. Sing it with me now. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created thing above all wisdom and all the ways of man you were here before the world began above all kingdom above all
the ground you took off oh and thought of me above all crucified and crucified they behind the stone where you lived to die rejected and alone like a rose trampled on the ground he took this thought of me took the fall above all let's sing that song when the music fades the heart of worship is this the key of F, sister? When the music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Something that's a word that will bless your heart Sing it now I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. And I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. in this world no one could express how much you deserve though I'm weak and poor all I have is yours every single breath and I'll bring you a song for a song in itself is not what you have required through the way things appear you're looking into my heart oh sing it now raise your hands I'm coming back the heart of a worship and it's all about you it's all about you Jesus I'm sorry Lord for the thing I've made it when it's all about you 
you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. As they continue to play that softly, amen. I believe that atmosphere is right for us to approach the Lord in prayer, bearing our brothers and sisters' burdens in prayer request to Him in, in prayer. Amen. We want to remember the, the drum family in prayer. They're not with us. Amen. We want to remember the Smiths. Richard and Sister Mary in prayer also. I'm sure they would love to be with us. Perhaps they're streaming today. Amen. God bless you. I'm praying for you, brothers and sisters. If you'd also remember Brother Daniel in your prayers, he is in Ghana at this time. <clears throat> I want to keep him in our prayers that God would bless him and his travels and that he would be a blessing to others wherever he may go. Amen. Remember Brother, Atlant- uh, Brother Aaron. Uh, Ningamaza in prayer. He will be leaving for Atlanta today, traveling back home from his uh, uh, his mission uh, event that he had. So we just pray for him. And if you'd also remember the Buchanan family, uh, brother Keith and sister Sarah. Sister Sarah is very sick. Amen. If you'd remember her in prayer, um, have a special prayer request for brother Johnny Reynolds in prayer. If you don't see him today. So let's keep him in our prayers. Um, I think his father fell. Remember him. And also Sister Doris is sick. If you remember her in your prayers as well. And with this virus going around, we just man, we just need the grace of our God to give us a healing touch. Uh, if you would remember Sister Sabrina's mom, amen, in your prayers also. Amen. That's all I have. Brother Jason, would you come up and take these needs to the Lord for us? Amen. Do you have unspoken prayer requests, friends? Amen. God knows your need, and we're going to be praying with you. Amen. Are you glad to be in church today? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Precious Lord, I'm so thankful for the cross, Lord. So thankful for your stripes, Lord, that you bear for us, Lord. Without those stripes, we wouldn't be able to claim our healing this morning, Lord. And we want to thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And there are just many, many needs that have been spoke of. We think of Brother Keith, his lovely wife, not feeling well, Father, and the different ones, Lord, that Satan has just come and attacked us during the season, Lord. And I just ask, Father, Lord, we claim those stripes this morning for each and every one, that you just go and touch their bodies, Lord, whatever their needs and desires are, Lord. I just lay my hands on these requests, too many to just to mention, Lord, and remember, Lord, but you know the needs, you know the hearts, you know the desires, Father. And Lord, as a group of people come together, Lord, we just lift these ones up to you, Lord, that you would, Lord, have mercy on each one, Father, and touch each one, Father God. And Lord, this morning we pray for the service, we pray for the song leader as he leads us in worship, Father, just preparing our hearts for your word, Lord, and praying for our pastor lord as he would come and speak to us this morning i believe he's here and i just ask lord that you would strengthen his body lord that you would give him a complete healing father as or as he comes to his post of duty father we just pray and lift him up to you this morning and lord have your perfect will and way you know each of our needs you know what we have need of this morning we just pray lord through the preaching of your word lord that you would meet our desires meet our needs father we just lay ourselves at your feet once again in your name we pray in the name of our lord jesus christ Amen.
there. Prepare our hearts for your word. Amen. I don't know why that just really struck me when you said that, brother. That's what this is all about. Amen. What we're doing in this moment is getting in tune with God. Amen. We live out in the sin-filled world. It just affects our thinking, our spirit. It takes time sometimes when we come in and to just lay aside those things that trouble and bother us. Amen. We we want to take advantage of this time, amen, and just get our spirit clean, amen, and ready for the Word of God. Let's sing a song. Uh, Brother Billy Cockman, amen, we're happy to have him with us. We're going to have him come up and get ready. We'll just sing a little song while he's getting ready there. You deserve the glory, key of G. You deserve the glory. And the honor, Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy name. You deserve the glory. song these guys really love and uh you know one of these days when we leave this world we're not going to take any of this world with us it's only going to be what god has in us put in us so that's going to go back to him so this little song called leave with nothing left
wish my life away. I want to live each day to give away what I've been given. I don't want to leave here with regrets. I want to leave with nothing left. All that I've been given And what I've learned from living I know exactly what I need to do So I pray that God will give me chances To show how great His grace is By living out His truth If somehow I could choose it I'd be the one God uses to make a difference in what forever means to you. I don't want to waste a breath, one heartbeat in this chest. I want to see His kingdom coming. I won't wish my life away. I want to live each day. Give away what I've been given I don't want to leave here with regret I want to leave with nothing left I want to be alive Lend a hand Speak the truth to a dying man I don't want to waste a breath one heartbeat in this chest I want to see His kingdom coming I won't wish my life away I want to live each day To give away what I've been given I don't want to leave here with regret Leave with nothing left appreciate that, Brother Billy and his children there. That was a beautiful song. Amen. Hallelujah. And we're going to get right into the Word. We're going to take up any more time and invite the pastor to come out and maybe worship a little while with us as we sing this song. Let's all stand. I'll ask the deacons if they'll make their way forward. And we'll go ahead and take up our morning offering. We'll sing that little song, I Just Want to Be Where You Are. I think that would be fitting. Amen. I'll ask Brother Tom if he'll pray over the offering. Amen. I just want to be
about it now. Oh, take me to the place where you are. I just want to be with you. Let's sing the bridge. And oh, my God, you are my strength.
Heavenly Father, that's our desire this morning, Lord, just to be in your presence. Even, Lord, just a moment of time, Lord, to be in your presence is such a blessing. It's such a privilege. And, dear God, we want to acknowledge your presence among us today already. And we just commit our time now into your hands, praying that your Holy Spirit would come and move in our hearts, Lord. And, Father, that you would just speak to us, Lord, in a personal and intimate way, as only the Holy Spirit can. Lord, we have thoughts and we have words and we have, we have notes and so forth, Lord. But I, I, just, I just want to surrender all of that to you now. I just give it all to you. And just pray, dear God, that you would just come on the scene, Lord, and be preeminent this morning. And Lord, just speak to us, I pray. You are the teacher. You're the author. Lord, you're the one who's able to break the bread of life. And you're the one, Lord, who's able to quicken the word and make it very real and personal to us. Father, we pray for your healing touch for those who need it. And we ask, dear God, that you administer, Lord, to your people today. Have your way among us. In Jesus Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated just for a moment this morning. And uh, we greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Brother Billy and children uh, enjoyed the song this morning. Uh, Enjoyed the worship. Appreciate that. We'll let our uh, musicians take your places if that would be all right. And uh, we welcome all of you to the house of the Lord today. Um, <clears throat> we, have, we are having uh, some technical difficulties here, so the people who are trying to stream are not able to stream at the moment here, but we're trying to get it back here. Uh, so we apologize for that and have our team working feverishly on that uh, for this morning. And uh, <clears throat> just want to say that... Uh, it's good to be back. Appreciate all your concern and prayers, and uh, uh, that's certainly uh, certainly appreciated. And uh, like Brother Aaron said on Wednesday night, uh, for a preacher, uh, his tool is his voice. And uh, if the enemy can try to uh, affect that, you know, it affects the whole body. And so uh, we appreciate God's goodness in getting us back on track again. And uh, good to see all of you here today. Now, I want to uh, just jump right in, but there's two screens that I want to give you here uh, at the beginning, and that is a couple of birthdays, January 14th, which was yesterday, right? Today is the 14th. Hans Florian. Is Hans here today? Hans, how old are you today? Five years old. Look at that, right? Six years old. That's what he's got, six years old. God bless you, Hans. Good to have you with us today. William Cross also has a birthday too, right? William, how old are you today? Seven years old, really? Uh, you win. <laughs> God bless you, William and Hans. Uh, sister Jackie Whitlock has a birthday, right? We're not allowed to ask her how old she is. She'll get on me. Sister Jackie, God bless you. And Peyton's going to have a birthday, right? Peyton Botha's going to have a birthday. How old are you going to be, Peyton? Six years old, really? Wonderful. God bless you, Peyton and Sister Jackie. Well, January 18th is a big week for the Whitlock, or the uh, Harwell family, the Happy Harwells. And uh, Sister Lily has a birthday on the 18th. And that's also Rebecca Ivey's birthday, right? Rebecca Ivey's birthday. I know she's here somewhere. There she is. God bless you, Sister Rebecca and Sister Lily. And also January 20th is Sister Laura's birthday. God bless you, Sister Laura. We appreciate you very much. Now, uh, let's go to this screen here, and I have some 
events here, just so you can uh, make note of them. And uh, we, we've been working hard over the last couple of weeks to try to uh, get some things in place here. February 10th is our couple's banquet. You have, now that we're not streaming, right, at the moment? Uh, we are. Okay. So I've got to be careful now what I say. Uh, we'll scratch those notes. We'll go to these notes here. Uh, the HBT link is still live, okay? So if you're planning to come to the banquet, you have until Wednesday, and then it will uh, it'll disappear. We'll go to the public link. So uh, if you want to register at the discounted rate, uh, now's your time to do that until Wednesday, and then we'll, we'll do a switch, okay? So it's for couples who are engaged and over, over that level. So uh, you're welcome to come. Ministers who are full-time and their wives are welcome to come. Uh, compliments of HBT. February 25th, we're going to have an international dinner slash potluck, meaning that we're going to have some of our folks from uh, diff- different countries, foreign countries, who are going to be bringing uh, food, and uh, Costa Rica, we have Ghana, we have uh, Zimbabwe, uh, we have several others that are, we love the French cooking. Uh, and we're going to do that, plus all that you're going to bring, okay? And we're going to have a potluck. You'll get more uh, instruction and, and uh, information about that uh, coming up. So that's February 25th. That'll be Sunday after the morning service. March 28th comes, uh, Easter comes early this year, at the end of March. And uh, we want you just to keep that in mind, and we'll be having our meetings then. And then May 3rd to 5th is the men's meeting in Europe, and we're developing information about that now. If you're interested and able to get a few days free to go, it'll be held in Belgium. And uh, it'll be uh, after 21 years, I think, they've been after me to come and uh, hold a men's meeting over there. June 14th to 16th is Adventures in the Bible. And uh, this is, to me, one of the most significant programs, events that we do. And we want you to be available. So everybody, not just the kids, but everybody needs to mark this uh, weekend. It's a Friday and Saturday, two full days, and then, of course, Sunday. And uh, so we want you to mark your calendar because that's an important event and we need lots of help and we need all of our kids. It's open up to people outside of our church and so you're welcome to let folks know. We, we have a notice on our website uh, already and then we will eventually open registration so that uh, anybody will be able to go and register for that. Okay, so after a number of years now we're excited to be able to uh, pull that together and it'll be June 14th to 16th. And then September 6th to 8th is our men's meeting. We're back in Carson Springs, thank the Lord. And uh, we have a date set in September for 2024 and 2025. Uh, So your brothers want to make sure you have those dates uh, marked, September 6th to the 8th. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, having our men's meeting after not having it last year. All right, so uh, we'll remind you again of these dates here, but a lot of people who are planners like to uh, mark these things down. Let's stand on our feet this morning and let's jump right in. Got a lot that we want to cover this morning and uh, just trust that it'll be a blessing. 2 Peter chapter 3. Now we read a portion of this text last Sunday and I didn't really get to deal with it very much and I'm hoping that we can... Uh, dig into a little bit of it today. This whole chapter is significant. This whole chapter is pertinent to our time, certainly that we live in. (coughs) 
Second chapter, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack. That means lazy. The Lord is not lazy like we consider lazy concerning the promise, as some men count slackness or laziness. It's not that God hasn't gotten around to it. But is long-suffering. And here's the reason why that God has held back uh, this whole event is because of his mercy. He's long-suffering. Aren't you glad he's long-suffering? But willing that, but not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then, because of this, because of all that we've just read, seeing all of these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. May the Lord add his blessing. You may be seated this morning. Now let's just jump right in because um, I'm, I'm wanting to I'm wanting to do a little catch-up here, just a a very slight little catch-up from where we were last Sunday, and then I'm going to get graphic on you, okay? Going to get graphic. So you're in the right place this morning. Remember, Brother Branham said these words, that everything is at the end. He's consistent with this. He starts with this early in his ministry, and he's consistent here in making this this statement. He said, we're at the end, We're we're, we're moving into... An end time cycle. And, and he's, he's articulating this from the beginning of his ministry right to the very end. The angel, uh, the angel must have indicated to him very clearly uh, th- that this is what you need to say. Because he told him what to say. And he even told Brother Branham how to say it. Uh, you, you'll find that in some of Brother Branham's comments. The angel told me this and told me how to say it. And uh, he said, democracy's at the end, civilization's at its end. We talked a little bit about democracy uh, last night. Everything. This nation is honeycombed, just any time to blow to pieces. And other nations, the world's at the end. And every mortal thing must die that immortality can take place. Now, you can't just say that the circumstances in the season, the the, the mid-60s here, where uh, just the events that are going on are indicative of the end time. Like uh, J. Edgar Hoover believed that uh, communism was going to take over the U.S. That was a big deal. Cuba, the Cuban crisis happened during that time. And uh, there, there was uh, the end of World War II. And, and there's been, if you, look at it, if you could graph it all, the graph would kind of look like this. We've had times of upheaval, times of peace, times of upheaval, times of peace. Civil War, World War, Korean War, Vietnam War, all kinds of things that have happened over time. And uh, if, you, if you tried to graph it out, it wouldn't be a straight line. History is not a straight line. And, and, and Brother Bram's aware of that. He's not, he's not taking the current circumstances of the early 60s and saying, well, I look at that and realize it's at the end time. No, every 2,000 years, God does something, right? So that in itself will tell you by pattern that there's something about to take place here. 
And then all the other scriptures that prophesy about the end time and about Israel being restored. That's your, that's your timepiece, right? Israel being restored back in the land again, supernaturally, and how it all took place. And, and uh, if, if that's true, then there's, uh, you know, Israel's moving back into the picture again. The Gentile bride's got to be taken out according to the pattern of the type back in Genesis. Back in Genesis, you remember Joseph had a wife, and before he revealed himself to his brethren, the Jews, he put away his wife in the palace. Isn't that right? So to fulfill the type, we've got to be, we've got to be uh, ascending to the palace out of, out of view. We've got, to, we've got to move off stage. There's going to come an exit off stage very quickly here where we're taken away, and then he exclusively reveals himself to the Jews. Everybody believe that? Revelation 11 talks about two witnesses that are going to rise there. It's all going to happen. It's all, it's all preplanned. It's all announced already. It's not a shock, right? Nobody's shocked by any of that. It's all going to happen. And he says, now, uh, in that time, so Brother Bram's warning us. He's, he's, mo- he's moving us into thinking correctly about the time that we live in. And he said, other nations and the world's at the end. Every mortal thing must die. We've got to come to this place. We're here. We're at the end. And nothing else can uh, care. Nothing else can care but Jesus, and he does care. He cares for you. Now, <clears throat> Uh, you know, when you take a statement like that and you start off with a statement like that, in a sense, it's, it's truly uh, a negative thing. You know, when you just read a statement like that, it's kind of a negative thing. You think, wow, what am I going to do? What, 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 what in the, how in the world is this going to come out? And, you know, my part in it and all those things that we talked about a little bit last Sunday. But one thing is true, <clears throat> that there are principles in place that Despite the fact that this is true and it's going to happen, Brother Ram said, we've got to come to that place. There is going to be a day when it shuts down. We are going to come to a place where it's not going to just be another blip on the graph. It's going to be the end. And God's going to take his bride away. Do you believe that? It is going to happen. I believe I'm preaching to people who will experience that. I really do believe that. He says we've got to come to this place and we're here. We're right in the cycle of that happening. And if that's true, then we refer to that as the harvest. How many believe that that is true? And we're living in a harvest time, harvest season. Now, as I mentioned before, if we have planted a seed, a harvest is inevitable. There's an expected outcome. You're going to get what you sow. Whatever you plant, that's what you're going to get in the harvest time. It's not going to change halfway, and neither is it going to change at the end. So you cannot change the outcome, number two, in the harvest. You cannot wish for a different outcome. Now, I mentioned last Sunday about how that, you know, sometimes I had an instance where a parent came to me and said, uh, you know, hey, uh, my child is 18 years old or being really rebellious. I want you to change them. And I mentioned to you that, you know, uh, the problem, buddy, is that uh, this, this is the wrong way to go about this. You're wanting me to change an outcome here that you've participated in for 18 years and now it's a problem too big for you and you want me to fix it. And the problem really is not in that child. The problem is in your household and how you actually do things in your household. So, okay, all right. Uh, and this, I'm not referring to any of you and I'm not saying that uh, all, if you have a, a, a problem in your household that it's your fault. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that uh, you should think, oh, well, wow, I blew it so I can't change a thing. No, that's the time you begin to sow, number three, a different seed. And sometimes, you know how you sow a different seed? You can go to your teenage child and you can say, hey, I made a mistake and, and I'm, uh, I want to apologize. If, if you've done something wrong, if you've done something wrong and you want to go and say, hey, I, I never knew what I know now and I want to apologize for that. and I, I don't want our relationship to be like this uh, in the last years you're living with us. I want to change that and I want to uh, make it better. 
And sometimes just that honest confession, that communication is a, is a better thing. But remember now, and, and this, is, this is true, that you cannot change the outcome in the harvest because you're going to get what you sowed back here. And if you're going to obtain a different crop, you've got to sow different seeds. And I would encourage you to do that because it's never too late to sow a new seed or a better seed uh, in your relationships in your home, right? Whether it's between a husband and wife or whether it's within the family uh, or it's within the church or whatever else. Sometimes you're looking at something and it's not coming out so great. Uh, it's not working so great. Well, you know what you need to do is rather than walk away from it or uh, put your head in a hole in the ground, you need to look at this and say, hey, we're in this for the long haul. We're in this for the long term. Let's, let's sow a different seed. Let's, 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 be, uh, let's put something better in the ground and, and we're going to pray for a better harvest. Does that make sense? So those are just kind of rules of the harvest. I just want to refer to this scripture here just for a moment that in Matthew chapter 19, they came to Jesus and in the discussion, they said, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? What shall we have therefore? We've given it all up to follow you. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, ye shall also sit upon twelve thrones and judging twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses. Look at what he's saying here, that the people who have forsaken all, the people who have given all, and the people who have made the, made the sacrifice, have made the investment over this time. He says now, he says, there'll be great things that await you. you. You may not understand, and you may not see all of this right now, but there'll be great things that await you because I see that commitment. I see that sacrifice that you've made. And he said, and everyone that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Uh, let, me, let me just, on a personal note, just to kind of give you an example of what this means here. That, you know, I, I remember years ago, and, and uh, we're talking uh, 18 years ago, 17, 18 years ago, when we first came uh, to, to this assembly here, Brother Wayne invited us to come, and, and it was just a handful of people, just, just a, uh, you know, five or six adults who were here, and uh, just, just a little tiny group, and had been through a lot, had been through some difficulties, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, felt to call me, and I came and, and ministered here, and then we kind of got to know one another, and, and, and things were a little more invested over time, and... and uh, and then they asked me what I consider, uh, the original group asked me what I consider to be the pastor here. And, uh, you know, living, living in Virginia, living in another state, and, and uh, asking to be the pastor here in this church, and I, just, I, I certainly made that a matter of prayer. And I felt like this would be the right thing to do. I felt like it would be a good thing to do. And when you, make a, when you make an investment like that, and our boys were, were all young, you know, not, not married. None of them were married, I don't think, at that particular point. And uh, you, you don't know how something like that will come out in the natural. You don't, you don't always know how something like, like that will come out. Because something like that can really fracture a family. You know, if you're going to go here and we're going to stay here, and we, uh, you know, it could, easily, it could easily do something negative within a family. And that's quite possible. And, and yet, I, I just felt like it was, it was the right thing to do. And, 
And then over just a very short period of time after that, Andrew, uh, you know, got married and graduated and got married uh, to Rebecca. And now they're serving the Lord and their family serving the Lord and living uh, in, in Arizona for a season. And, uh, you know, we have Peter here and Peter married Rachel in the assembly here. And, uh, you know, I have two of my grandsons here and uh, delighted to have them here today. And, and I'm very, very thankful for that. And Steve, who married Sarah from this assembly as well, and uh, he's pastoring a church now and, and, and serving the Lord. And we're excited for that and thankful for that. And Lucas, who's here today and, and uh, married to Haley, who's a part of our church, a daughter of HBT. And, um, you know, very thankful for that. And I, I tell you what, when I look back, I, I realize that that's not something that I or, or organized or engineered. You know what that is? That's the hand of God who honors who honors a commitment when, when he says, when, when you forsake everything and you say, all right, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we're going to do this for the kingdom. We're going to do this for the body of Christ. And God will honor that and, and bring forth good fruits from that. And, and there's, no, there's no shortage of thankfulness that you can have for a situation like that. I feel like I'm really blessed to have uh, my sons all serving the Lord and two of them are here today and, and their wives and families. And I, I, I'm just, I'm, I want to say I'm very thankful for that. And you look at it, Jesus is assuring those people here, we've, we've forsaken all and, and, and uh, uh, you know, made this commitment to you. And Jesus said, hey, don't worry. He said, I'll honor that not only in this life, but in the world to come. I'll honor that. And I'm not just saying that for my sake. I'm just saying that for all of us, there's something in, every, in the heart of, uh, you know, all of you that have made a commitment to follow the leading of the Lord and be where you are. And look around. Most of you are not from Hickory. You're not from this area here. But, but you know, there's something in you that has led you from one place to another and another. And, uh, you know, I, I listened to your brother Jason praying this morning and how, you know, he's stuck out there way out in the middle of, in no man's land out there uh, in, in, the, in the hinterlands out there in and Ben goes out because his grandfather passes away and winds up at a house having dinner where Jason is and, uh, you know, just talking about things and one thing leads to another and then, uh, you know, there's a job opening here. Let me tell you, saints of God, you may think that that's just kind of, you know, co coincidence or something. It really is not. God's got his hand upon you and he's looking at your heart committed to him and dedicated to him. And he says, don't you worry. I'll, you give me your heart. I'll take over and watch where I bring you and watch where I, what I can bring out of those decisions. Watch what I can take out of those circumstances in your life. And you know, you, you think, well, I got to set a certain way or I got to, uh, you know, a certain path here. And all of a sudden God disrupts that. There's something, uh, there's something that changes that. And he wants us to know that, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, God is going to put you exactly where he wants you in the very end. And there should be no, no uh, minimization uh, of thankfulness in your heart that we are where we are by the grace of God. And we are who we are by the grace of God. And God has placed us where we are by the grace of God. And there's a reason why your families are here. And there's a reason why your children are being raised here and all of that. And, and God says, hey, uh, Jesus is assuring them. He's saying, don't, don't you worry. Not only in this life here, but he says, uh, uh, for my, when you do those things for my name's sake, he said, you'll inherit a hundredfold. Imagine a hundredfold. Everything that, that God has promised you is here times a hundred. Your adoption is here. Your, your, uh, your rapture is here. Your body change is here. Come on. Somebody say amen. Everything that you have need of, everything you need to know, every ounce of revelation you need in order to have your body change, all of it has been given to you times a hundred. And God says, I'm going to give it all to you right in this life. And then watch where that takes you. And it'll bring you into another kingdom. And there'll be things over there for you that you can't even imagine. And eyes not seen and ears not heard. What's in store for God's people? 
We should be a people who, who thank him continually, and it should be no less, uh, nothing, nothing less than just a real thankfulness in our hearts for this. <clears throat> My. Now, I want to, if you, if you have your Bible, just for a moment here, I want to just uh, look at here in the scripture with you. <clears throat> and I want to go back to verse 4. And, and Peter writes, he said, and, and they're saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. For this they are willingly ignorant of. That's a really powerful statement. It means, literally, that these people around us, the world around us, is delighted to be unaware of the consequences of where they've come to. They're actually delighted to be unaware. You know what? Because if I don't know, I don't have to think about it. And if I, don't, if I don't listen to a prophet, and I, you know, I, I don't acknowledge that, and I don't go to church, and uh, I, I don't have uh, any consciousness of the Bible here, I don't want to have any regard for that, and there's a lot of people who teach that, then you know what? I don't have to be worried about things at all. I just carry on my own way. And they're delighted to be unaware, because that's one last thing they've got to be concerned about. That's a real prevalent attitude in, in the world today. It's not among us, but it is a real prevalent thing. And so they, what, what they are ignorant of, and this is what Peter reminds us of very carefully. Now, the words are in the, the English style here, so let me just read them. But Peter says, they're willingly ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. When God created the earth, they were, were, the, the world was, was standing. He says the earth was standing out of the water and in the water. Out of the water, God created the earth. He formed land. And he, and he brought the earth. He brought the nations of the earth. And he said, they're standing there in the water. And verse 6, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. By that same water out of which God created the earth, he destroyed the earth. And they don't realize. And this is the thing they're, they're delighted to be unaware of. You know, if that happened once, that could happen again. And they're unaware of the fact that the same God who created the earth can also destroy the earth by whatever means he decides to use and, and Peter is warning us that we're moving into that time. And then he says, but the heavens and the earth, which are now, this present earth right now, by the same word, the same word that God gave to Noah, but the same word by which God uh, created the earth and destroyed the earth and mankind in the days of Noah, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire. So now the element is not going to be water, it's going to be fire. There's going to be fire that will come against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. The same thing that happened in the days of Noah, by the same word, by the same God, he's going to do the same thing, but he's going to do it by a different element, and now this element is fire, and God's going to burn it all off. And there's a lot of people who are delighted to be unaware of that because they don't want to think about it. But you know what? Their Bible says that there comes a day when they do think about it because they look at it all and they say to the rocks and the hills and the mountains fall on us and hide us to the wrath of him that is to come, right? So there comes a time when they're forced to think about it and in that particular moment of time, they can do nothing about it. They can do nothing about it. They cannot stop the impending judgment that lays there. But at this point, they're delighted not to have to worry about it. And verse 8, but beloved... Be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And the Lord is not lazy or slack concerning his promise, 
as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering. And I, you know, I'm just amazed at the long-suffering of God, which so much, so much sin and disregard and so much ignorance of, of Scripture today and governments and laws being passed, moving away from uh, the things that are sacred and right, moral boundaries erased. Moral boundaries erased, just cast it aside. No one wants to talk about uh, those things very much anymore. Don't want to have those things brought up uh, as they used to be before. You know, in, the, in days past, we had a day consecrated as a day of thanksgiving in our country. Amen. Try to pass that today. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. I, I was watching with interest the, uh, you know, the, the little towns over in Iceland there when, they, uh, when the earth was fracturing and they have all the earthquakes there and all of a sudden the lava flows out. And you know where everybody is during that time? They're a good ways away because there ain't nothing they can do about it. It's, it's, it, it's going to happen. They knew it was going to happen. And the only thing we can do is just take everybody and move them somewhere else because when the earth gets ready to move, like that, and the earth gets ready to pour forth the fire that's, that's churning within it, there ain't nothing you can do. You can put all the sandbags you want, but it ain't going to stop the, the lava flowing during that time. Imagine now, imagine, take that, multiply it by 100, and think about what, what it would be like when the elements melt. When the elements of this earth melt, and the stars are shaken. And all of the different things that take place in our cosmos here. Verse 11, seeing that all these things, uh, seeing, that all, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Now that word, as we mentioned last, last Sunday, just briefly, it means to unbind. Just like when Lazarus came out of the tomb and they took the cloths off him, they unbound him. So in other words, it was a symbol that death could not hold him. It means to undo something that is compacted together or laws that create a binding force. So <clears throat> Peter is telling us that there comes a day when everything that is bound shall be unbound so that the people of God can be loosened. Hey, think about the Soviet Union, right? And how rigid and how tough that was and how, how, uh, how, how uh, controlling they were. I mean, it's unbelievable how controlling they actually were. And it's just amazing. All of a sudden when God looses the bands that held uh, the Soviet Union together, puts a man in place there and, and sets things in motion. Now, all of a sudden now there, there's a loosing that goes on and, and the borders come open. And the Jewish people begin to come out. <coughs> Excuse me. And the message goes into, uh, in, into the country of Russia. And it's just amazing how uh, God is able to dissolve. Listen, God is able to dissolve you today from a sickness. God is able to dissolve you individually from an addiction. God is able to dissolve your anxiety. God is able to dissolve anything that holds you back from what you are meant to become. God's able to dissolve. He's able to break those bands. He's able to pull that off. He's able, he's able to free you from a denomination. He's able to free you from a denominational thinking. He's able to free you from anything. And we're living in a season when God's interested in doing that. And God's able to do it on a personal level. And God's able to do it on a national level. God's able to loosen all the bands that held the Jews in all those countries of the world. And allow them to go back to Israel again. 
God's able, to, God's able to do any of that. And this is what Peter is telling us, that all these things shall be dissolved. Everything in the world, even the, uh, the people that try to hold you back, the people that don't want to consider God, all of that, and trying to pass laws that hinder us. And, and do you realize that Satan's job all the time is to try to bind God's people in whatever way he can and to try to hold them back. And Peter says, all those things will be dissolved. There'll be nothing strong enough to hold you. Don't worry about that. Don't, don't, don't have your mind focused on that. It's all going to be deprived of authority one day. That thing that holds you, that thing that, that you feel like has got you, is going to be, the authority of that is going to be taken away from you. Don't worry about that. And, and the last word on the screen is that it's going to be demolished. God's going to demolish it. Here's the common Jewish Bible. Since everything is going to be destroyed like this, what kind of people should you be? You should lead holy and godly lives. <clears throat> As you wait for the day of God to work in hasten its, uh, to hasten its coming, that day will bring on the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements, and that means heavenly bodies. They will melt from the heat. I, uh, I, I mean, I, I can't get my mind around that one. That's a tough one to think that heavenly bodies will actually melt with the heat. But we following along with this promise wait for new heavens and a new earth. Now watch this. 13. But we, but we, we, not they, but we following along with his promise. How many of you are following along with his promise? You need to say in your heart, I follow the promises of God. We wait for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness will be at home. Righteousness is not at home in our world. But one day righteousness will be at home in our world because the world will be ruled by a different power, right? Watch 13 again. But we following along with this promise. In other words, God has freed you to know the promise and God has freed you to follow along with the promise. And you know what? We, we, we've been introduced to a lot of promises in this last day, Right? And we see how the church ages all unfolded there. And God made a promise of a prophet in the last day, right? Well, we follow that one. How many follow that one? We're aware of that one, right? And then, you know, there's a promise that in Revelation chapter 10, verse 7, that in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound. I follow that one. Sure do. Here's another one that Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That the Lord himself shall descend with a, from heaven with a shout and a voice and the trumpet of God. I follow that one. Sure do. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Hey, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I got my eye on that one. I don't know about you, but I got my eye on that one. And that's what Peter says. We, we who have been set free, we who have been redeemed. We who have been, uh, you know, our eyes have come open. Glory to God. We who have an understanding of the things of God for this day, we, we follow along with those promises. And those promises include the promise of a new heavens and a new earth and a better body for you to step into that one day you shall inherit that new heavens and new earth. Is that making sense? We follow that. We follow that pretty carefully. (laughs) We follow that pretty closely. That's pretty powerful. Because we, we long to go to a place where righteousness is at home. Hey, it's even hard sometimes to establish and maintain righteousness in your own house. Because, you know, you try to get it all straightened out and everybody's great and you all get around the bed and pray at night. Our brother Branham used to get around the bed at night and pray, get all the family. That's where they did it. And I, I thought it was interesting because we even as a Catholic family, we would get around mom and dad's bed. It was the only big bed. And we all had bunk beds. So but we'd get around the big bed and we'd all pray there. Even, you know, when you're too short, when you're on your knees to see the top of the mattress. I remember that. 
And you know, you'd have your hands up like that. I don't know if any of you remember that. And we, 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 we gather around, and in our, in our household, you know, there was not a lot of righteousness. There was a lot of unfairness, and most of it was perpetrated against me. That's, that's, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Now, if my brothers come here and tell you anything different, you don't believe them. You don't believe them. <clears throat> Can I tell you one story? Okay. All right, I'll tell you one story. I remember one time that <clears throat> we were, I was sound asleep. I was a young guy. I mean, I was in grade like one or two. We're talking grades one or two. And I'm at home, and uh, it's, ni- it's nighttime, and they put, they put me in the bed. And, uh, you know, it's maybe 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Everybody else in the household's up. Everybody's up. And I'm sound asleep. You know when you go to sleep first, and you're really sound asleep. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, all of a sudden, they decided to play a trick on me. This is my own mother and my own father were involved in this. The whole family was involved in it. And they came in <clears throat> and flipped the lights on. And they, uh, they said, hey, time to go. Time to get up for school. And uh, oh, yeah, I could smell. They were out there cooking bacon and eggs and making coffee. And, and uh, I'm thinking, whoa, man, I'm tired. Oh, I'm tired. And they are, come on, Barry, hurry up. We've got to get ready for school. Everybody else is up. Come on, you better get up. And so I get up, and I'm, I'm just thinking, well, I'm rubbing my eyes. I get going to get dressed, you know, you're brushing your teeth and combing your hair. I get up, and I, so I sit down and have breakfast. It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm having breakfast there. Everybody's sitting around the table. We're having breakfast there. And mom's saying, hey, hurry up. Let's go. Come on. And so I get up. She says, here's your lunch. Here's your school bag. And, and I get up and I walk outside the door. It's cold out. And I walk outside the door. And all of a sudden, it dawns on me. It's pitch black. <laughs> Stars are out. And I look around like this. And they're all in the windows there. Ha, 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 laughing, you know. I said, you know. There is no righteousness hardly in this world. That's what I said to them. There's no righteousness. Life is unfair. And I have other stories. <clears throat> but I, I mean, here's, here's what Peter is telling us now. You get your minds back here. Peter's telling us that we're moving into a, a, a place. This all is a part of the cycle that gets us from one place to this place. And I'll guarantee you this place is far different than that place. Because by the time this thing ends, it's going to be very unrighteous all around you. But righteousness will be welcome over there. Therefore, dear friends, as you look at these things, do everything you can to be found uh, by him without spot or defect. Take your Bible for a minute and look here in verse 12 in the King James Version here. He says, looking for. There's the the phrase in verse 12. That word literally in the Greek language, it means expect. Expect and hasten to the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and loosed, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for. There it is again. We expect new heavens and new earth. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for, here it is again, we expect such things, be diligent that ye be found of him without spot or wrinkle. So in other words, you are the people that are allowed to look for the right thing. You've been instructed, you've been redeemed, you've been predestinated to go to the right place. So therefore, you should be looking to the right thing. And that's exactly what he's telling us here. Now, I, 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 need you, I need you just to think about this. I've got to watch my time here. 
So in, in, as we read in verse 13, we according to his promise, not we according to our record or we according to our works. That's not it. But according to the promise, we believe the God who made the promise. We believe the God who, 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 who confirms his word. Whenever God says it, it's going to happen exactly the way that God says, right? And we, according to his promise, look for or expect new heavens and new earth. Where do we find that? We find that also in Hebrews chapter 1. By faith, he, Abraham, sojourned in the land of promises in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for, Abraham expected a city whose foundation, whose builder and maker was God. Brother Abraham said Abraham was looking for it. That prophet knew it was somewhere. John saw it coming down, but Abraham thought it must be on the earth right then, back in Abraham's day. Why? Because he met the king of that city. He met Melchizedek and paid tithes to him. So Abraham knew if there's a king, there has to be a kingdom. If there's a king, there has to be a capital city somewhere. And Brother Branham said, and it's only for the overcomers. Do you know that? He said, it isn't for denominations. It's for overcomers. Glory to God. The redeemed, those that have been made known, known the right thing, the truth of, of the hour. God has made that known to us. And by that, we overcome. Because it's by revelation that we overcome. Amen. Do you believe that? That's a quote. Brother Bram said in the church age book, he said, it is the revelation of God that will give you authority over the devil. I said, it is the revelation of God that will give you the authority over the devil. And it's not just knowing a right interpretation of the Godhead. When you understand God, you understand yourself. You understand who you are when you understand who God is. Because you realize you're a part of God. Isn't that right? God did not go and have a family. God became family. I said, God didn't go somewhere and have a family. God became family. In him were attributes, and they were all expressed. And it's a revelation of God, realizing that you have eternal life. That gives you authority over the devil. Now, go back to the previous statement here. Brother Bram said, that world that we're moving to, that kingdom that Abraham thought was on the earth, that's only for overcomers. It's not for denominational people. It's not for unbelievers. It is for the overcomer. And I'm telling you this morning that I believe the overcomers are predestinated. Brother Bram was consistent with this. Now, hold on. He was consistent with this in 19, in the early part of his ministry. He said, like that little duck in the chicken yard, and he got the smell of water, and the old hen said, cluck, 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 and he said, quack, quack, quack. <clears throat> he was headed for the water. Why? Because his nature was a duck. So it was the elements that brought out the real nature of who he was. Now watch what he says. And if you're born in this world, predestinated to be a son of God, how many of you are predestinated to be sons or daughters of God? Do you believe that? Hey, you got to believe that because this is at the cornerstone of the expectation we have of new heavens and new earth. And he said, if you're predestinated to be a son of God or a daughter of God, there ain't enough religions in the world to hold you away from the real genuine Holy Ghost when it begins to fall. When the real Holy Ghost begins to fall, let me tell you, there, there, there's something about the elect. They just come alive in that time. Now listen, you're looking at the same headlines everybody else is looking at. You're looking at the same doom and gloom everybody's looking at. You're looking at the same climate problems everybody's looking at. You're dealing with the same inflation that everybody's looking at. But you know what? That's not our hope. Our hope is not built on less inflation. Our hope is not built on lower gas prices. Our hope is built on the promise of new heavens and new earth. And so it's all going to go down. It's all going to go down. Brother Branham says... And 
Let me just, I'm, I'm going to skip here. <clears throat> Brother Bram says, you're standing, speaking now to the bride. This is the bride message here, invisible union. And he says, you're standing completely. I wish I had enough voice, but I got to save a little here for what's coming. You're standing, you're standing as the bride of Christ. You're standing completely never sinned in the first place. Good with that? God don't even know. Really? We should give John Harwell a microphone so he can say really at the right times. Really? God don't even know? It's in the sea of his forgetfulness. You never did it. In the eyes of God, Tyler, you never did it. You were accused of it by the accuser. And I would say you're still accused of it by the accuser. But really from the beginning you were predestinated to be a son or a daughter of God. So God had to make a way for your sins to be removed from you as far as the east is from the west. You're washed. Your book of divorcement is put away. Absolutely out of existence. Even in the mind of God. Now that is all right. You're washed by the blood of the Lamb. Your old book of divorcement, the book of life, is put away. Absolutely out of existence. Even in the mind of God. Can we say that together? Even in the mind of God. Now listen, listen. Either Brother Branham is really right or he's really wrong, but there's no in-between in this sentence. You can't be halfway remembered of your sins. You can't be, you can't be hoping you don't meet them in judgment. They're gone. I said they're gone. You ask me why I'm happy? I'll just tell you why. They're gone. Brother Sam, they're gone. They're never going to be brought up against you ever again. Your old book of divorcement is put away, absolutely out of existence, even in the mind of God. You're the virtuous bride of Christ, washed in the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, I think that would be, I think that would be a wonderful thing for us to, to leave. Uh, uh, you know, uh, if you're going to leave on a note, leave on that note. That even in the mind of God, it's like I've said to you before, when God runs, runs into the woman at the well in heaven. Jesus, remember me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, I know you're under the Lamb's Book of Life. I know you. <clears throat> I was the one with four husbands, and you caught it and said that I had four husbands and the one I was living with was not my... Uh, sorry, I don't remember that. I remember you, but I... The husbands? Yeah, yeah, you said that, uh, you know, the way I was living and so forth was not, not correct, and, and you, you brought all that out. It was just me and you standing at the well. Yeah, I remember the well, and I remember you, but I don't remember anything about the husbands. Yes, Lord. You re- yeah. Listen, it's gone. Even he can't see it. I, look, folks, believe me, I'm either really right or really wrong in affirming that this morning. But Jeff, it's either gone or it ain't gone. There is no evidence of the former you left around in the mind of God. Therefore, no matter what you do incorrectly, no matter what mistake you make, 
Repent quickly and put it under that same blood of Jesus Christ. Because I believe today it's just as powerful as it ever was. That's where you want to put your sins. That's what you want to have. And don't just say, oh, Jesus, sorry about that. Uh, you know that happened. I didn't really mean that. And then go back and do it again. Then you know what? God's looking at your heart, isn't he? He's not looking at your confession in church. He's looking at your heart. And when you go to God and repent, you need to really mean it from your heart. And then say, Lord, take out whatever it is in me that drew me to that. And slay it. Demolish it. Unloose me from it. And Lord, let me live a life that's pleasing to you. When you repent that way, you watch what God does. You watch what God does. Now, last quote like this, and then I'm going to get graphic on you, all right? So watch. You may think, all right, Brother Barry, you've given us a lot of promises, and we follow the promises, right? But it's still me. I look in the mirror, it's still me. Can't get over my cold, can't lose five pounds. Can't seem to make the budget meet, you know, two ends, Ah, can't make it meet. Problems. Can't get my kids to pick up their socks at the end of the day. Can't seem to get everything just right together. And my, I look at, I look at, you know, the pastor, and I look at Brother Branham, and I look at all these other spiritual people in the church here, all these spiritual giants that are in our church here, and I look at them and think, wow, everybody's got it so much together in our family. We're just a bunch of losers. Now I don't say that out loud, but I say it all the time in my head because I look in the mirror and I think, wow, pff, you're the chief loser of all of them. Right? Now, come on, just be honest here, because a lot of us are just like that. And you think, how am I ever going to make it? How am I ever going to live up to all of this stuff Brother Barry, Brother Barry is telling us here? How am I going to live up to this stuff here, that the promises that we're supposed to follow and that are articulated so carefully in the Bible? I'll tell you how. I'm going to tell you how right now. You ready? I'm tell you how. Follow me. got two screens. Watch this. Truly predestinated believers stay with the word. And they won't pervert it. Truly predestinated believers. And I don't need to ask for your hands to raise here, as I believe you all believe you're predestinated. But predestinated believers who are truly predestinated believers, they stay with the word. And you can mimic any of those things like a Christian, cast out devils. But the inside control tower, the, the origin, if it isn't of God, it'll never return to God. That's a glorious path you're on today is to come back to God and then come back to the kingdom of God, come back to the body God has for you and all of that. But if, you're, if the inside of the inside, the origin is not of God, it'll never return to God. Stay with me. Transformed from the church and the world into sons and daughters of God. That's, what, that's what's going on. That's what's happening. Everybody, that's what's happening. We're being transformed from the church and the world into sons and daughters of God. God wants us to be stable. I'm anchored in Jesus. The storms of life I'll brave. How, Brother Bear? How are you going to do it? Abraham and Sarah's body was transformed to meet the condition of the promised word. You got it? Abraham and Sarah's body was transformed. Who did it? They didn't do it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't have a child for 75 years, right? No matter how hard they tried, they couldn't have a baby. So they didn't transform their own bodies because they could have. They could not have. If they could have transformed their bodies, they would have done it long ago and started a family. They were old. To keep that promise, to keep that promise, both of their bodies was transformed from an old man and woman to a young man and woman to meet the promise of the day. So the one who made the promise... Change them 
to fulfill the promise of the day. You got it? Abraham and Sarah didn't do this. Who did it? God did it. God made the promise. And God said, I'm gonna, I know you can't do it. I know you can't have children. So I'm going to change you to have children. Glory to God, Brother Bram says. Glory to God. That makes me feel good. I don't care what I was. We can be transformed to meet the promise of this day. Can I read that again? That makes me feel good. I don't care what I was. We can be transformed to meet the promise of this day. Who's going to do it? You can't do it. Because like I said, you, re- you have struggled losing five pounds, getting your budget to meet, right? Getting your, car- getting your van cleaned out. Is, do we want to go out and look in the vans this morning? And you tell your kids, now I got it all cleaned out, all right? You, you know you know, you spend the Saturday, got it all cleaned out, all shined up. Now don't, don't, don't make a mess in this van. How's that going? It's a disaster. It is a modern day disaster. There's a lot of things that we feel like we can't get done. And neither can you change your body to go in the rapture to be at the wedding supper. You can't do that. You know who's going to do it? The one who made the promise for you to be there. He's going to transform it so that you meet the, the, the conditions of the word for your day. Do you realize how gracious this actually is? This is awfully good, folks, that it isn't me. And listen, if God ever blesses the people, it won't be the obedience of the people. It'll be his grace. That's a quote. If God ever blesses the people and takes the people out of here, it won't be the obedience of the people. It'll be his grace that does it. God put within you the power to be transformed so that your body will actually change. God put it in there. You didn't put it in there. You didn't even know it was in there when you were born. You didn't know it was in there when you were born again. You didn't know that, but God placed something in you that will transform or change so that you can meet the promise of the, of the word for our day. Amen. Glory to God. What a prophet. What a, what, a, what, a, what a blessed people we are to have a prophet in our day. What a blessed people we are to have a prophet in our day. All right, let's get graphic. You've seen this before, that modern events are made clear by the Scripture, by the Word of God. We added a couple of pieces to this. The foolish virgins are added in here because they're a player also in the last day. And Jesus describes in Matthew 25 how they'll be there. And as we look at this, the bride, she comes into her light. This is not Brother Branham's day. Is that okay? It's not Brother Bram's day. God took Brother Branham. If God wanted Brother Branham to be here, he'd still be here, but he's not here. You're here, and he's here. Christ is here, right? Do you believe that? Yeah. <clears throat> sure, it's an invisible union. And so we, are, we have a part to play. Our part is biblical. It's scriptural, and that's our part to play. Also as well, <clears throat> Israel is, is in, on the stage now and moving up. Is that all right? Can I say that? Israel's moving up into a position where she is eventually going to take the limelight. Hey, listen, you know, believe it or not, this stuff is happening, right? Whether you believe the message or not, this stuff is happening. And and you're you're going to be involved. You're in one of these bubbles uh, either way. There's a destiny for every bubble. There's a destiny for everyone who's in a bubble. So you can bury your head in the sand and run away all you want, but you know, you're in a bubble. And so therefore, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of being in one bubble or the other. I pray, I pray that God has you in the right bubble. And if you're not in the right bubble, I believe you can get in the right bubble. The world has gone to the days of Sodom. They're delighted to be unaware of really where they are on the cusp of tribulation, on the lip 
of, of a devastation the world has never seen before and delighted to be unaware of it. It's something I don't have to worry about. Then you have the nations and all the things that are happening in our world here today. And we watch it. It changes all the time. It's dynamic, isn't it? It's happening you know, all the time. Ukraine and Russia and Israel and, and the Middle Eastern countries. And the, the rebels out there blowing up tankers. I don't, I don't get it. But, but they're there. And, and the church is doing its thing. And the foolish virgin is doing its thing. Becoming more manifest. All of these bubbles have a part. And Brother Bram said it's all connected together. 1960. 1960, he's telling us, it's all connected together. And he describes this in detail, and we've gone through this. And he said, see, the angel of the Lord is on earth now. He's moving around, fixing everything for the coming of the Lord. Same angels. I heard the sin when they went down to Sodom. Remember that? Remember what I did before when I quoted this? And moved old USA over here, moved him to one place, and got you guys all moved around because God wants you to be in the right place. And you think you're making decisions, and it isn't you at all. There's an angel somehow behind you. Again, come on, let's go. We're at the end. Got to wrap this up. And the angel's got you moving you around. Don't resist the angel of the Lord. Don't resist the angel of the Lord. You got you to remain sensitive to him. Can I go now a step further? What does this mean to us? Well, I came across this logo, came across this design. It was called the World Ahead 2024. That catches my eye. Huh. Because if Brother Branham tells us what's ahead, you know, hey, we can take that to the bank. But when someone else says, what's ahead for the world in 2024, man, that's an interesting diagram. I looked at it and I thought, now watch what Brother Branham says. Watch the quote. No matter how well we try to take care of our physical being or the church, no matter how hard we try, there's coming a time when all these things will vanish away. And he gives us a scripture. So in other words, again, and this is 1957, he's telling us we've moved into an end time cycle. And when we move into that, you know what? You're going to be powerless to stop it. You're going to be powerless to change it. This is not something in your hands. This is not in the hands of the UN. This is not in the hands of Israel. This is in God's hands. And no matter how hard you try, I mean, let's just say you're living on the coastline of California, right next to Los Angeles, and all of a sudden you feel a rumble. No matter how hard you try, you're going down with Los Angeles, right? I'm not making light of that. Brother Bram's just making sure we understand there's a cycle we're moving into where you're now not in the driver's seat, but God's completely got this. Everybody okay? That's what he's telling us here. But now what's interesting, look at this diagram. <clears throat> There's all kinds of rabble in there, all kinds of different different things to, dis- to distract you. Now, on the bottom here, if you take the time to look at this, you don't need to. I, I've got links here and stuff, but this is all about climate, climate change on the bottom here. And I think that's supposed to be Mr. Biden, and that's uh, Mr., uh, Mr. China, the premier of China. China. And, and, and so we're, this is all climate here, and it's got the globe and all of that on the bottom here. Now, on the top here, we have, this is all war stuff. You see the dove right there? And then bombs right next to it. And this is our friend in Ukraine, and this is our friend, our not-so-friendly, in Russia. And these are rockets and satellites and all of that going across on the top of the thing there. And then in the middle, I thought that was interesting, over here and over here in these graphs here, 
It's all about data. It's all about computers. And, I, you know, it's just a pretty amazing thing, pretty astounding thing. And I, so I looked at that, and I, 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 I just held it. I saved it to my desktop, and then I, was, I went back and looked at it again, and I went back and looked at it again. And I just thought, wow, you go right across here, and you got data, computer, the new, the new digital world order. That's a, that's a thing, Joe. That's a thing, the new digital world order, because it's pretty powerful. And you have up and down. You know what you have up here is a time, what do you call it? An hourglass. And guess what? Time is running out, right? And then you come all the way down here in the world. The world's changing, you know, because of global stress and the climates and everything else. Wow. Well, I put it away and I dug it out again. And I thought, what's at the center of that image? What's in the middle? What did they put in the middle of that? Anybody know what it is? Sister Nadia, you're trying to know. I can tell. It's a ballot box. It's a ballot box. They chose to put in the center of this diagram, what's coming up in 2024, a ballot box. Who knew? But in 2014, there are, there are 109 major election events that are going on. And I know that because I counted them. I went and I researched and I counted 109 major events that are going to be resolved by elections. 40 different nations, half the population of the globe are going to be affected by elections in, in 2024. Mm. You know what that does? That gives God the opportunity to move out one government, move in another one, move out this guy, move in this one, you know. And, hey, these are real important. The election in this country will be really important. And I'm not, I'm not promoting politics. That's not my goal. It's not my, my thrust at all. I'm just saying that we live in a world that's going to change this, this year. And part of it is going to be affected by the elections that take place. Now... <clears throat> Whether you know it or not, yesterday in Taiwan, one of the two major elections of this year took place. One of them is in November for us. The other one was yesterday. And it was in Taiwan. And Mr. Lai won the election. For the third time in a row, this party are the people who want to separate from China. China. And the people who are uh, in power in Beijing do not want to lose Taiwan. And the Americans have said that if the Chinese reach out and take Taiwan, we are going to defend it, possibly with troops from our country. And then now you got to go, whoa. This is no small matter. So the party that won the election yesterday are the party that leaned towards separation from Beijing and China. They want to be independent and considered an independent nation of Taiwan. This is a big deal. All I'm telling you is that you watch this because the Americans are already quite committed to standing behind Taiwan. If that's the case, now we have a new, new area of conflict that opens up in the Asia-Pacific realm. Okay? All I'm telling you to do. Now, <clears throat> how many of you are either 45 or older? Let's see your hands. And 45 or older? Some of you need help to put up your hands? Okay. <clears throat> Turn up your hearing aids. 
you lived in, if you're 45 or older, you lived in a bipolar world. Now, that's not important for the test. But it means that you lived in a world where there was the American side that was dominated uh, by democracy and democratic nations and America and its allies, and then you had Russia over on the other side and communism on the other side. That's kind of the way the world looked. But all of a sudden, <clears throat> all of a sudden things change. In the 90s, things changed. But that's the way that the world was balanced. Now, where do we find a world on two different, ruled by two different ideologies that don't mix? But that's the way the world powers were arrayed. Where do we find that? Right here. Who knew? Because <laughs> at the end of it, see on the top it's Babylon, then the Medes of Persian, Alexander the Great, and so forth. An individual nation or an individual power. Individual power, individual power, individual power. Bang, two powers. Are you catching my imagery? And you know what? It doesn't work. They don't mix. Right? Oil and, oil, oil and clay don't mix. And... Uh, <clears throat> Clay and iron, sorry, they don't mix. And so therefore, there's, there's, this is not being together under one rulership like they were under Alexander the Great or the Romans. This is not that. This is a separated world. This is a facsimile of Brother Bram's drawing. He did this in the days prior to PowerPoint when he had a blackboard and wrote this out. This is the way he drew it. And it was 70 weeks that took place up until when Jesus was alive. And in the middle of the last week, he was cut off, cut off at Calvary. Calvary. So three and a half years, halfway into the last week, he was cut off. He died on Calvary's cross. So there's still another three and a half years to come. That's over on the right side. But the point is that I want to make to you is that the stone of Daniel 2.34, up in the upper right-hand side, the capstone comes off and smashes that image in the feet. So therefore, that image ceases to be now. So we don't live in a world where we're dominated by the Americans and the Russians anymore. It's changed, right? It's changed. Part of the way it's changed is this, with the bricks. The bricks is a unique configuration. I know I'm throwing a whole lot of things at you here, but I told you I was going to get graphic. You didn't believe me. Bricks stands for, <clears throat> from the left, Brazil, China, South Africa, India, and Russia. And those nations have formed a union of sorts that are very powerful because they have a lot of money. They're very different than the United States and the United States allies, and they run their economies very different. They're not exactly bosom buddies, although you wouldn't say it by this picture right here. But what they're trying to do is undermine American influence and the powers of democracy in the world because they're not democratic nations. Now, what's interesting is that you add five more nations now that want to join, and they are going to join this year. That's why 2024 is really interesting. Ethiopia, Iran, Egypt, UAE, and Saudi Arabia. So now, all of a sudden, we have 10 nations that are called BRICS, and they represent a huge amount of money in the world. As a matter of fact, their spending power overwhelms the BRICS plus five, they represent way more power, spending power, because some of these countries have lots of money. And so therefore, they're able to skew the balance here. They're able to, they're able to sway things. Interesting. Now, I'm not, not necessarily drawing a uh, particular uh, conclusion here by this, by this particular screen. 
I just want you to know that things are changing in our world. And <clears throat> there are lots of things that are happening in relation to the area we have left out, and that is Europe and the European Union of Nations. Because right in the middle of that is Italy, and right in the middle of that is the Vatican. And so therefore, there's a whole lot of things that are at play. I just thought it was really interesting that, you know, in that diagram that I showed you, right in the center of it was a ballot box, because there's a whole lot of things that have changed in our world this year. Brother Branham, back in 1957, 66 years ago, he says, and hear the gospel come and give a mercy call through the nations, and we've turned it down. And he says, now here there are nations in the United Nations that are teaming up against Israel. And here, here we're living in a day when it's coming to pass. He says, I love my nation. He says, but one day they're going to turn their back on Israel. Follow me. Follow me where I'm going. Now, this is an amazing statement. I'm almost done. Jesus was rebuking the clergy in his day for not being able to discern the signs of the times, right? We understand that, Matthew 13. This has always been a great thing to the people to be able to discern the signs of the times they're living in because God writes it plainly so nobody could escape it. That's what prophecy is all about. It's given ahead. It's an advance warning that something's going to happen, all right? Los Angeles will eventually crack off and think that's a prophecy. It's going to happen. So when it happens, we shouldn't be shocked, but there's a lot of people in the world who choose to be unaware of prophecy, and they don't, they don't know and don't know what to do, don't know what that means. As we see the time that we're living in, 1963, see the time that we're living in, there must be something that somebody's overlooking somewhere. Because God would never let these things happen without giving us a definite sign so that we'd understand. How gracious God is that he gives us a sign that he gives us a prophet, that he gives us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying in the last day. But there's all kinds of people who are living on the earth who are overlooking something. Man, they're overlooking something. There's things that are happening now in our world that are irreversible. Things that are happening in our world that are pretty dangerous. One of them is the age of technology. <clears throat> now, I don't have enough bandwidth this morning, and neither do you, to listen to what I have to say about this. But <clears throat> when it comes to this diagram that I gave you in 2024, what's, what's ahead in 2024? A lot of it had to do with technology and data and all the different things that are on there. And there's two things that you need to know for this morning, to pass the test this morning. One thing is that the world, our world out there, especially the world of young people and the world of social media, is filled with influencers. And the second thing is, our world, that world, is filled with algorithms. Some of you young people are looking at me, yep, yeah, yes, sir, finally, Brother Barry's preaching truth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I know it. I believe it. Yes, sir, he's my pastor. Yes, sir. Finally, something I can relate to. <clears throat> Whether you know it or not, we're all influenced by influencers. Um, one of my boys said over the Christmas break, they said, hey, let's all put out our uh, feed on, you know, display our feed, you know, on YouTube or whatever else, things that you watch. I said, really? Nobody's ever asked me that before. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll give you mine. And my feed is all either sermons by preachers 
or guys with tools. You know those guys with tools? John, you know them. <clears throat> and it, it, it's, it's a 15-minute it's a thing. Five tools you absolutely must have. <laughs> and, you know, it's a little gadget that, you know, is a marker if you want to do repeat cuts into something, you know, and you, and you put it on your saw and you, you, you clamp that there and chop, clamp, chop, clamp, and you can get a thousand pieces of wood exactly the same length in one day. And he says, and by the way, I put a link down in the description, down in the description. I go, click the link, Amazon, here we come, deliver it, deliver it tomorrow. Influenced. But he realized it or not, there are influencers in this world. Right? <clears throat> now, despite the fact that I have a lot of little gadgets, <clears throat> it's really not that much of a problem. But if you're a young person and an influencer wants to influence you to do a certain thing, and that might not be scriptural or biblical, it might not be good. There's a lot of people who are following that influencer. And you know what? With the help of your algorithm, it's going to bring it up again and again and again and again and again and again and a million times again. Because the algorithm knows. Huh. There's an article in the New York Times. I sent it to some people here. sent it to some people who are in this world. And this is a, a sentence out of it. With ruthless efficiency, social media can deliver unlimited amounts of content that influencers create or inspire. That makes the combination of influencers and algorithms perhaps the most powerful form of advertising ever invented. And guess where this is targeted? Sam, it ain't targeted at you. Because they know you're going to spend 20 bucks on a, on a tool, right? A wrench, right? <laughs> Sister Nadia's looking, yeah. He knows. The pastor knows. It's this group. It's this group. That's it. You're the target group. Influencers and algorithms have your name. I don't know what influencers and algorithms can combine to do. I'm not that savvy. But there are people in this church who are. And because I love you so much, I have commissioned one of our experts here to teach us what algorithms and influencers can do. And so in a week or two, we're going to have a presentation so that you parents who think you know what your kids are doing can begin to educate yourselves on what algorithms and influencers can do in your life, in your child's life. So we're working on a presentation for you so you can have that information. Because you know what we need to know. All I'm saying to you is this, <clears throat> is that this is happening because in the cosmos, this is the way people live. So in a disproportionate image, there are algorithms and there's the internet world out there that's made not for Christians and it's not made for believers. We would make up a really, really small fraction of the usage of the internet, right? So they're not making things for us. And even if we all got on at once, we would not influence the size of this thing to all of a sudden present Christian things or quotes to you by the algorithms. We're a minuscule, insignificant part. But you know what? Your child is subject to this stuff. And there are things out there that increasingly as they go on, and they go on in education, and they go on in social media, and they go on in school and college, right? 
you're subject to influences you never knew were out there, right? You ain't even telling your mom and dad. And I know that. You know what it is? There's wisdom that comes from above. And there's wisdom that does not come from above. And guess what? The things you see and hear and experience are coming from one place or the other. There ain't three realms. There's two. And Satan is not trying to influence you from above. He's trying to influence you from below. The key to overcoming is wisdom. The key, I, let me hear, hear, hear me when I tell you. The key to overcoming this problem is wisdom from above, not wisdom from below. Can I go, can I, can I wrap this up? Would that be all right? Now, <clears throat> let me just say this. <clears throat> the, the, it, can, it can seem overwhelming. It can seem overwhelming, you know, when you think about the vastness of this problem. And I'm going to do, and I'm going to provide for you as a congregation, as parents, information so you can help learn um, how this all affects us. So we're going to have a presentation here, and we're going to have some conversation about this. But if I was raising kids today, if I was in a position of being an influencer for good, and I want to be, I want to be an influencer for good in this congregation. And I want to be an influencer for good for your kids. That's why we have Sunday school. That's why we have adventures. That's why we do all we do. <clears throat> if I'm going to be that, then you know what? The thing that I need to do, first of all, is to commit these things to God and cast my cares upon him. Because if you don't, it becomes overwhelming, doesn't it? It becomes overwhelming. Some of you young people, hey, listen, I find... Young people today coming to me at retreat, different meetings and so forth, and they'll say to me, you know, there's things out of control. The social media is out of control. It needs to be controlled. Even the young people themselves are asking for controls. They're asking for boundaries because it's just too wild and wacky out there. And they can get pulled in really innocently and really quickly by just a whole bunch of little steps that pull them in there. Because there's an algorithm and an influencer there that's trying to persuade you to click and follow and click and follow and click and purchase and click and purchase and so forth. Here's what Brother Bram said. Commit your case to God. Whatever your need is today, whether it's this one, living in a digital world in 2024 when it's all happening and all changing, commit your case to God. Commit your need to God. And go on as if it was all over. Don't build up your pressure. You got problems in your marriage? Don't build up those pressures. Commit them to God. Take your wife's hand. Pray together. You have problems with your children. Take your wife's hand. Pray together. You don't want to build up the pressure. If you don't do that, you're going to build up the pressure. But he said when you do that, it lets off the pressure. You know what this is? It's wisdom from above. I'm wrapping up. Cast your cares upon him. That's what he says. Cast your cares upon him because he careth for you. You Believe that? Don't you worry about your cares. That's his business. When you faithfully commit them to God, now they become his business, not yours. Wow, that's great. I can let him go. I can let him go. Now, I haven't showed you this in a while, but let's put it in perspective. A lot of times you think your problems are the biggest thing around. You think your problems are the biggest things on earth, right? Sometimes that's what, the way you think, right? What am I going to do? I'm faced with a situation. My goodness. My problems are as big as the earth. But when you stand back, because now we look at it from this angle. We look at it from our own world's perspective. But remember now, someone else is looking at the problems. If you give it to God, he's looking at it, right? Are we okay? If I have a problem and I commit it to God, now it's not only me looking at it, but it's God looking at it too. 
you believe he's bigger than the earth? Do you believe that, Morgan? Sure. Because when we back out a little bit, we see how big the earth actually is in, in light of some of these other guys, right? Jupiter and Saturn. But you know, God doesn't stop there because if we back out another level, whoa. Now look at the size of the earth. See it? It's over here. The thing you thought was so big compared to the sun, wow, it's not big at all, is it? It's all of a sudden now gotten manageable, hasn't it? It's gotten manageable. Can I go a step further? <clears throat> Look at the size of the sun in relation to some of these other stars. You know what? Well, what's interesting? God created all of it. Therefore, he's got to be bigger than all of it. Hello? Kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't it? You go back all the way to your, your problem that you thought was the biggest thing on earth. And now when you look at it like God looks at it, he looks down from heaven. My goodness, he looks, hey, that's, that's not a big thing for him to fix. It's not a big thing. Can I go another one? Wow. I mean, this gets kind of ridiculous after a while. Because now you can't even see the sun over here. It's a pixel. You can't even see it. Let me give you a statement. Let me close with this statement. As a matter of fact, musicians get, get on the mark, get set. Brother Branham prays in compound names of Jehovah. And he says, Father, there's an emergency tonight. Your people, you're the Lord, our strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Father, this is his prayer now. May, they arm, may that arm of faith go up till they'll go beyond this sin-cursed world. Reach beyond the moon and the stars until it touches his garment up yonder. And may there come a voice from heaven saying, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am Jehovah Shammah, a very present help in time of trouble. And I'm here to help you. Let's stand to our feet. May your prayer tonight, no matter what your emergency is, no matter what your crisis is, may it reach beyond the earth and the moon and the stars and all the big boys out there. May it go all the way beyond and touch the hem of his garment and say, Lord, I have this need. And he, he echoes back and says, I am the God that healeth thee. I'm the God that's watching over your family. And I'm the God that's able to help you through this crisis. And I'm the God that's able to stand you, make your home a place where righteousness is welcome. My goodness. All I'm saying to you, saints of God, is that after nine services talking about the harvest, all of this, all of this is available to the people of God because it's all grown, it's all come all of these things now are available to us because it's all come to maturity in our time. And therefore, we should be the people who are quick to take the Word of God as a sword and use it to cut to the heart of the, uh, of the enemy and hold your shield high so that we can defend ourselves against the, uh, the wiles of the enemy here. Satan doesn't want you to possess what has developed in our time. He does not want you to possess the mature Word in our day. He does not want you to look into this and realize, wow, if that's true... You know what? I'm an overcomer by revelation. I'm an overcomer by revelation. It's by the revelation of God that I'm an overcomer. It's by revelation that I have authority. And it's by revelation. Satan's going to fight that revelation whatever way he can. <clears throat> He's going to fight that revelation. <clears throat> but by God's grace, we can reach out in prayer all the way past all of that and touch the hem of his garment. And hear him echo back. Put yourself in this quote tonight. Put yourself in this quote today here and realize that <clears throat> God, he, 
he, he knows exactly. He knows exactly the problems that we face. He knows exactly the things that we have need of in all of this and all of the, all of the struggles and strifes that we go through. He's got it all under control. Do you believe that today? Yeah. Hallelujah. Let's sing that little chorus, He's Got It All Under Control, and let's just worship him this morning here. And saints of God, you may need prayer. You may, need, you may have a need this morning in your heart. Holy Spirit, he, he loves to deal with needs that you have. If you remember the quote that I told you, Brother Bram says, the thing we do is cast it to him in prayer. And he said, then it becomes his business. Or sometimes you just need to give it to him and say, Lord, now it's your business. Now it's your affair. I'm minding the prophecy, but I'm going to give you this prayer. God's got it all in control. It all in
of figuring all this out at the end time and what happens if China does this and what happens if the government does this what happens if the election goes this way or that way God's not giving us a job of figuring all that out you know what he says rest in me just rest in me I got this I got this I got your back I got your footsteps I got your destiny glory to God I mean how you, you, that's the best thing that can happen somebody says I know where you're going and I know how to get you there just follow me that's the best thing that somebody could say to you in confusing, dark times. And your kids, you know, growing up, and I see all you, uh, you know, parents with uh, little kids coming up and so on. I think, wow. Let me tell you, the God who gave us what we needed to raise our kids in our day is the same God that's going to give you what you need in this day to raise your kids because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So don't you despair. Don't think, well, it's going that long and God's forsaken us. Hey, he said he'd never forsake you nor, nor, nor walk away from us. Never. So whatever you have need of in the age you're living in, no matter how dark and how deep it all goes, let me tell you, that same God's going to see you through the same way. All the other ages, God had an answer for parents' cries back in that day. Let's sing this morning. Thank you for
tell you saints of God this is not about any individual it's not about any human being on earth this is about Jesus Christ the son of God and what he's done how he condescended and made all this possible and knew we were absolutely lost and then brought us to a place of absolute justification so that we could be absolutely redeemed and absolutely taken in the glory without death my goodness what a story what a great story amen let's sing one more you're singing like you got it in your heart. Lilia. Let's bring it up a little. Lilia of the Valley. Lilia of the Valley. Let your sweet aroma fill my life. start. Rose of Sharon, show me how to grow in beauty in God's of 10,000 Make me a reflection of your life Oh, day star shine out on me Let your love shine through me in the night Leave me, Lord, I'll follow wrong and make it right. 
stars shine down on me, yes. Let your love shine through me in the night. Lord, I see a world that's dying, wounded by the master of deceit. And groping in the darkness, Haunted by the years of past defeat. But then I see you standing near me, Lord, shining with compassion in your eyes. Oh, Jesus, shine down on me. Let your love shine through me. thankful, Lord Jesus, to have this opportunity, Lord, to be able to gather with your people, Lord, and to see how your prophet pointed to this time, Lord, and how the cosmos out there, Lord, constructing everything and moving everything, Lord, not just randomly, but Lord, there's a power, there's a mind behind all of that. But I say today, greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And Lord, just like we just sang, I want to be a witness Help me to be a witness, Lord, as our brother Billy sang, Lord, how we want to take advantage of the time that we have, Lord, you've given to us in this hour. Lord, may we shine as lights in a dark world, and may we be a witness of truth. Father, I pray that you would just, Lord, enrich your people, Lord. Father, may we realize that you've 
despite our mistakes and our weaknesses, Lord, you predestinated a people. And Lord, that overrides how we feel. And that overrides, Lord, our humanness. There's a greater power that's at work in us. I pray, dear God, that you administer to those who are sick today and reaching out to you, Lord. And whether they're here, whether they're listening, Lord, I pray that your healing virtue would flow and minister, Lord. We think of Brother Keith and Sister Sarah today. We curse those afflictions that have, Lord, discouraged them. And I pray, dear God, you'd raise them up, Lord, and give them strength. And Father, may you just heal them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I commit them into your hands, Lord. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Have your way now. Bless our fellowship, Lord. Bring us back at your appointed time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you are glad you came to church today? I'm glad I came to church today. Right after we dismiss here, we're going to have the Sunday school folks are going to meet together later on, but right after church in the classroom right there, I want to see uh, Josh and Kristen, Godwin and David and... uh, Karen, if you don't mind, Lucas and Haley, John Cockman, uh, Mark and Jackie Sylvester. If you could just meet and you're not in trouble. We're going to see you just for five minutes right after his, uh, church here. All right. <clears throat> Majesty, let's sing it this morning as we go. God bless you. Appreciate you being here today and, and uh, just appreciate the sweet spirit of the presence of God uh, be with us. I don't like to go. I just, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, <clears throat> it, it's so good. It's so good. Sing it as you go this morning. Majesty.